emotions with the mic in my hand Playing hard to get, pretending like I understand Just a fool, getting by Just a fool, doing I'm rock out now And welcome into 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. I'm Anthony Stalter. Alongside me is John Paulson and uh, John, we, we covered quarterbacks last week, and we're going to dive into running backs this week. But before we get going, why don't you tell us about the music that brought us in? Yeah, that was uh, Jim James. Now, Jim James is uh, the lead singer of My Morning Jacket, uh, so uh, listeners may be aware of him uh, with that band. He has five solo albums out. Uh, two of them are like uh, cover albums, tribute albums. Uh, but this track has uh, got a great guitar riff. It's called Just a Fool. Uh, it's the opening track off his 2018 album, uh, Uniform Distortion. So I'll add it to the Most Accurate Podcast playlist, which you could find on Spotify. If you can't you know, search for it and find it there, you can go to any of the uh, podcast uh, posts on the 444.com website. And there's a link uh, to the podcast uh, in, that, in those posts. So check it out. All right, perfect. First, a few housekeeping items. Make sure that you're using the code TMAP. Think of... Uh, the most accurate podcast to get 10% off of any 444 subscription. Also, be sure to check out and subscribe to our other podcast, the DFS MVP podcast. That's with TJ Hernandez and Holden Kushner. Uh, they have a focus on daily fantasy sports. Holden also has a short first thing in the morning podcast called Fantasy First, which will get you caught up on all the latest fantasy news. So hopefully, you're enjoying all the, uh, the current and, and new podcast uh, from 44.com. Over the next three weeks, we're going to cover one position per episode, like I noted earlier. Last week, quarterback episode. This week, we're going to talk running backs. We're going to de- do a deep dive into the position and talk about a number of options for fantasy owners, including overall strategy and then John's favorite sleepers. But first, let's discuss a few items in the news, including, John, we had a trade. We had a trade uh, last week. Corey Coleman goes from the Cleveland Browns to the Buffalo Bills. Why don't you talk about the overall uh, fantasy impact here from not only Corey Coleman's standpoint, but Cleveland's wide receivers, and then uh, all the quarterbacks that are that are impacted here in Buffalo and, and Cleveland. Yeah, and I don't have the greatest memory about the NFL trades, but this I believe Coleman was involved with the Carson Wentz um pick that uh, ended up going to the Eagles uh, for, for them to pick Wentz and Coleman was the last man standing in Cleveland with that trade. So um, they could have had a, obviously had a franchise quarterback at that point with Wentz and they've really gotten not a whole lot out of it. They traded Coleman away for what they say is a song, uh, <laughs> not very much uh, trade uh, capital uh, there no for Coleman, uh, but he goes to, I wouldn't say it's a good spot, uh, Buffalo, there's some opportunity there, uh, I guess. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin, Zay Jones, uh, you could have uh, Jeremy Curley uh, as the third receiver there, the second receiver there. Um, Corey Coleman, Andre Holmes, Rod Streeter. These are journeymen, uh, most of them. Uh, and uh, they've got probably the worst collection of quarterbacks throwing to them. A.J. McCarron, Josh Allen, Nathan Peterman. No offense against those guys, but... Uh, I think just about every other team has a better quarterback situation than the Bills. Um, so not a great spot for him to land, although he gets an, a fresh start and a new opportunity there. 
And you wonder a little bit about uh, whether or not the Browns had any inkling about Antonio Callaway because he just got dinged uh, for some for marijuana possession. Apparently, he's saying that there's somebody left the pot in his car. Likely uh, story. So, yeah, I'm sure that's true. Uh, but uh, he's facing some discipline, certainly. Uh, Jarvis Landry obviously is doing very well. I watched the, the first episode of Hard Knocks, and he was uh, he's an impressive individual, just on off the field. Uh, looks like he's in great shape and making tons of catches and plays. Josh Gordon, made, they made it sound like he was going to be back in the fold soon, according to Hugh Jackson. Uh, behind closed doors or on tape anyway, he was saying that uh, Gordon was going to be back soon. And then they have Richard Higgins, Jeff Janis, et cetera. So, you know, I don't know if they would have made the trade if they'd known Callaway was going to get uh, into trouble, but uh, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I think out of this group, uh, most confident with Landry. And uh, obviously if Gordon comes back and looks good, then uh, he starts to move up the draft draft uh, ranks a little bit. Well, let's talk about Ryan Grant. According to Colts coach Frank Reich, both T.Y. Hilton and Ryan Grant have, quote, really separated themselves from the other wide receivers. Hilton, obviously, is the clear number one option in the Colts passing game. But what do you think about Grant's upside from from fantasy from a fantasy standpoint? He's the, you know, if he wins this job, he's the number two receiver in a for an NFL football team playing with a pretty good uh, high fantasy points per game type quarterback and Andrew Luck. Uh, you look at Ryan Grant over at playerprofile.com. It's not too impressive. 4.64 year, 40 yard dash. Speed score is pretty low. Uh, decent burst. Uh, good agility and a decent catch radius for him. Um, he has one season uh, where he cracked 500 yards. Actually, one season where he cracked 300 yards uh, receiving. And that was last season. Uh, 45 catches for 573 yards and four touchdowns on 65 targets for the the Redskins, he was kind of a surprise, a mild surprise last year, but he's 28 now, returning 28 uh, in December. Uh, and if he's, I mean, if he's the number two receiver, there's some opportunity there. I would think that Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron would out-target him. Uh, but, you know, those, I guess those three would probably be vying for the number two, number three spot uh, in that offense. And there is some, there is some, uh, some upside there if he ends up getting the second most targets and can get to 90 or 100 targets uh, for the season, because that would certainly put him on the fantasy map. This was this was kind of interesting. So the Tampa Bay Times, Rick Stroud writes that the Buccaneers plan to start Chris Godwin opposite Mike Evans this season. Stroud did note that Deshaun Jackson's having a great training camp and will play, but Godwin's a more complete player. I'm, I don't know how thrilled, you know, how excited I am about watching Tampa Bay's passing game this year, although uh, if Jameis Winston does take that proverbial next step following his suspension, it would be interesting, um, you know, to to kind of maybe target Godwin in the later rounds. Uh, what do you think about him? Well, this is a, a player that uh, TJ Hernandez has been uh, drafting in all his best ball, and we talked a little bit about him about a month or two ago. Uh, he's extremely athletic, uh, and he does have some – good performances already in the league. I mean, he's already proven that he can play. Uh, you look at, uh, you know, what he did towards the end of season uh, last year, there were some games uh, where some people were missing and he was able to close up the se- season with some good games. Uh, there's a, there was a 10 target game uh, against the Jets in week 10, five for 68. He posted, he played 97% of the snaps. 
Uh, he had five for 68 on six targets against the Lions in week 14, three for 98 on six targets against the Panthers, playing 84% of the snaps. And finally against the, against the Saints, seven for 111 and a touchdown on 12 targets in week 17. Um, so in the five games where he played at least 50% of the snaps, he averaged 4.2 catches for 73 yards and 0.2 touchdowns on 7.2 targets per game. And if he's getting starter snaps, then he's definitely needs to be in the conversation here in terms of drafting. I'm starting to target him now in the 12th or 13th round. I start to think about Godwin because uh, it sounds like they want to move Deshaun Jackson to the to the slot and play Godwin in with uh, Mike Evans on in two wide receiver sets. And, you know, with the way that James Winston was playing last year when he was active and healthy, uh, this could be a pretty good passing offense. I think Godwin uh, has quite a bit of upside given that given this current draft capital. So he's, he's one of my targets there in the 12th or 13th round. All right. Let's uh, last week we ran through the quarterback tiers. We're going to do the same thing with your running back tiers for PPR formats. John, tier one, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott and Alvin Kamara. Uh, tier two, Saquon Barkley, the rookie, Melvin Gordon. You have Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, who's coming back off the ACL injury. Leonard Fournette, Jarek McKinnon, who wound up in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan, a guy uh, I'm really intrigued to hear your thoughts on. Christian McCaffrey, who had a, a, an excellent rookie year last year, highly targeted in Carolina. And then you've got Devontae Freeman. So those are the, t- those are the first two tiers. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about these two as kind of a single group, even though there's two tiers there, uh, because these are the 13 guys that I feel pretty confident in in terms of their workload and uh, their role with their new team. I think the one player that maybe you're a little bit worried about is Jarek McKinnon, and you alluded to him. Uh, I think the money that they gave him to, to come to San Francisco was pretty significant, and it indicates that they like him quite a bit. Uh, Matt Breda is pretty good. He's a pretty athletic, undrafted running back. He had a good season last year. So I think McKinnon and Breda will tag team the position. But McKinnon, especially in PPR formats, I think he'd be the primary pass catching back uh, for them. And if you look at what Carlos Hyde did last year in this offense, even though the the team didn't do great uh, in the win column, their offense was kind of up and coming and Carlos Hyde had a good season. So I think McKinnon can have that same type of season. Uh, If you look at what Freeman, uh, Defonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman did for Kyle Shanahan in, uh, in Atlanta, uh, Freeman averaged uh, 15 rushing attempts, 4.3 receptions per game, and McKinnon is supposed to be playing that role. So I think 19.3 touches is probably a stretch for him, but he doesn't need that much in order to post low-end RB1 numbers in this offense. So uh, I, I definitely like him there. But this, this group or these two groups, I guess, is where I feel comfortable you know, drafting and you know, using a first or second round pick on these guys because you you know their roles and you have a real good idea of how they're going to uh, be used on on Sundays. And um, then you get into the next couple tiers and you're just not so certain. So let's talk about those guys. Uh, tier three, then Alex Collins, Kenyon Drake, Jay Ajayi, Jordan Howard, Joe Mixon, and Rashad Penny. I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by Alex Collins. I think that he was underrated a year ago. I mean, you look at his numbers he wasn't used for a full season after landing in Baltimore. Uh, he he should be the guy there. I think he's really underrated in that tier three group. Yeah, and I he's somebody that I moved up from about eighteen up to fourteen in PPR formats. Uh, a little bit more usage in the PP uh, in reception uh, in the receiving game uh, last year towards the end uh, gives him a little bit of upside there. I have him for forty catches, and so that moves him up to fourteen. You know, about eighteen points behind uh, Devonta Freeman. 
Uh, so he'd be the first guy I'd take after that group uh, that I mentioned earlier. Uh, Collins, I feel pretty good about. He should be the starter. You worry a little bit about that offense as a whole. Um, you know, Kenyon Drake, is he going to see enough touches to be uh, RB high-end RB2? Um, I think so, but they brought in Frank Gore. They got Kalen Ballage there as well. Jay Ajayi uh, was trending up towards the end of the season, but then um, in the Super Bowl, they, uh, Corey Clement was the hero along with LeGarrette Blunt. So Blunt's gone, so Ajayi should be the guy. Uh, but they have Darren Sproles there to catch passes, passes, and they've got Clement as well. So how much work will Ajayi get? Jordan Howard, obviously in standard, he gets a significant bump because he's a high-volume guy, but he just does not catch the ball well, and they have a guy on the roster that catches the ball very well on Tariq Cohen. So I can't imagine that they're going to force feed Howard the ball in the, in the air, and that really limits his upside in PPR format. So I have him as kind of a middle-of-the-road RB2 in PPR. Joe Mixon uh, has uh, Giovanni Bernard with him. Bernard really wasn't that involved um, when Mixon was healthy. He had four or five touches a game, uh, I believe. Uh, so, I, you know, Mixon's workload should be pretty good. The offensive line was a problem last year. And then Rashad Penny, I might need to move him down to the next year because this whole Chris Carson stuff just keeps coming. Like, it wasn't just one or two news items. It just keeps coming with Pete Carroll just gushing about Chris Carson, the players gushing about Chris Carson, the, the beat writers gushing about Chris Carson. So, uh, you know, the Rashad Penny train might have to... Uh, go to the station for a while and uh, maybe his stock is, is going to take a hit here. Uh, I think he, he's been dropping and Carson's been surging a little bit and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but this is one of those situations where you don't want, you don't want an RBBC. You don't want to have one of these guys in a committee because this offensive line is not great. And if they're sharing uh, the workload behind a bad offensive line, it's not going to lead to much fantasy success. Uh, circling back to Jordan Howard, it's a shame, like you said, he's not catching more passes out of the backfield because I'm really high in that running game this year. I think the Bears are going to be one of the most improved teams in the league. Um, but you're right, Tariq Cohen is there. Um, last year, they, they faced a really tough run defense schedule. This year, it, it opens up. It's a it's a lot softer. I, I I'm in, I'm still interested in Jordan Howard, although again, I wish I wish they would use him more out of the backfield from a pass catching standpoint. But that's another guy. When you look at like the efficiency numbers for Jordan Howard and the, the Bears as a whole, they were actually pretty good last year against a tough slate. All right, let's move into tier four. You got Rex Burkhead, Deion Lewis, Lamar Miller, Mark Ingram, who's suspended uh, for the first what is it, three games? Four games. games, four games, four, four games. games. Uh, Chris Chris Thompson, and then the rookie Darius Geis, who's in Washington. Uh, Rex Burkhead is somebody I'm, I know his ADP is rising now because of this whole, uh, Sonny Michelle knee injury. And he's been out, he's going to be out 10, 10 days. And now he's going to be a little bit behind to start the season. But I think Burkhead was slated for a pretty big role. Um, the entire off season, I think they weren't, I don't think they were planning on going away from him after they signed him to a pretty significant free agent deal. Uh, he was very involved last year when he was healthy, he had a really good run. Uh, towards the end of the season when he came back from uh, from injury. Um, so I like him. Uh, I think in the fifth round, I would like him as my RB2, even if I went uh, with a couple of receivers and a tight end in the first five rounds or first four rounds, and I ended up with Burkhead as my number two. I'd be okay with that. I think ideally you'd like him as your number three. Um, but, you know, from week 10 to week 14, he averaged 12.4 touches, 3.4 receptions for 62 yards and 1.2 touchdowns per game. 
he's not going to maintain that touchdown rate probably, but this is still the Patriots and they're going to score touchdowns. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's going to be there for him if he's, if he's healthy and, and available to play. Uh, Lamar Miller is another guy who's kind of trending up for me because of the Donta Foreman Achilles injury. Uh, Miller was really productive along with everyone else in that offense when Deshaun Watson uh, was healthy. So, you know, as long as that continues and Watson is something resembling what he did last year, then Miller should be pretty good. Uh, In those seven games where Watson was healthy, uh, Miller averaged 17.6 touches, 89 total yards, 0.57 touchdowns per game. Those are low-end RB1 numbers. Um, and he's sometimes going in the fifth round. Uh, so you can get him as your RB2 as well, or RB3, even at that point in the draft. A little bit, you know, he's on thinner, thinner ice. I mean, they went with Alfred Blue a little bit last year um, as well towards the end of the season, which makes me a little, it's a little bit dicey, but it looks like Miller's going to be back as a, as a starter there. And then the other guy to kind of talk about is, I think, Ingram with the four-game suspension. People don't really want to draft him. I got into a Twitter debate with with somebody about how Ingram's not worth it because you're going to miss the first four games and you're kind of writing off half the season. And uh, I don't really agree with that because he was an RB one last year. You know, maybe they regress a little bit in the running game, uh, but he should still offer you high RB two numbers. Once he comes back, even if there are some bad games in there due to schedule or whatever, this is a really, uh, it was a really good offensive line. It still is. And uh, it was a really good running game last year. So even if they regress a little bit, they can still be, Still be very, very good. All right, Tier 5, you got Marlon Mack, Tariq Cohen, who we've mentioned a couple of times, Tevin Coleman, and then Duke Johnson. Anybody stand out here? Yeah, the uh, Marlon Mack uh, hype train has got to be gearing up a little bit with uh, Jim Irsay uh, making a comment about Mack and sp- pointing or singling him out in this backfield as somebody who he expects to get 1,500 yard, total yards. Uh, so when I, when I watch Mack... Max uh, touches from second half of last season. I was really impressed. I, I know people um, say that he struggles running up the middle, but I didn't see any of that. Um, they, they say that he bounces everything outside. I didn't really see that either. So that might've been uh, an opinion that was made in the first eight weeks because I watched everything from week nine on, I believe. And um, I was pretty impressed. Now the offensive line is not great, but if you get out there with Andrew Luck, uh, things are going to get a lot easier versus you know, running with uh, the Jacoby Brissett as your quarterback. So uh, he's dealing with Naeem Naeem Hines. Uh, Robert Turbin has a suspension. So he's, I think he's he's out four games as well. And then there's another rookie there uh, blanking on his name right now. But I know some people think that he might be the one that uh, is the best all around back. But I think Mac is actually the best all around back in this, in this offense. So I just picked him up in the eighth, eighth round of a industry league draft. I was pretty happy about that. Uh, then Tariq Cohen, uh, Duke Johnson, these are your PPR backs. Um, they, you know, these are guys you can get as your RB three, you can plug and play. Uh, you may get a crappy game out of them or you could get 20 points out of them. They're a little bit more erratic, um, but they should give you the three to four catches at least for 30 or 40 yards and, you know, maybe half a touchdown or a third touchdown per game. Uh, these are guys you can plug in in PPR formats and, and get some decent production out of them. I think Tevin Coleman, you know, everybody's waiting for him to have that monster season when Devonta Freeman gets injured, but you know, his draft stocks in the sixth round now, I think. And um, it's, it's going to happen at some point. Devonta is going to have an injury that the season ending and you're going to have Coleman uh, posting RB one numbers, but uh, it doesn't look like too many people are expecting that this year. 
How about you watch your mouth, John? I don't like the, <laughs> I don't like all this talk about you know Devonte Freeman going out. Um, and and Freeman did miss a couple games last year due to concussions. And Tevin Coleman was a clear number one. And I mean he was really good over that stretch. But uh, you know ultimately you're right. He's 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 a really good RB two three RB three yeah. yeah. Uh, the only good, the only saving grace there is that he's he 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 should see a lot of targets in the passing game. Um, by the way, I think it's Jordan Wilkins out of Ole Miss. Was Jordan the, Wilkins, was the rookie, yeah, other rookie running back out of uh, Indianapolis. All right, let's discuss tier six now. You got Ronald Jones, Marshawn Lynch, Sony Michelle, and then Royce Freeman. So a couple of rookies, and then the uh, beast mode also in your tier six. Yep, Jones, I guess, is struggling in the passing game. Uh, so he's joining Peyton Barber, Charles Sims, um, and Jaquiz Rogers, I believe is still there. You would expect Jones to be the starter, but Barber apparently is still running with the ones. So, you know, it doesn't make me too excited about drafting Jones if he's still competing for the first, second down carries and he's having trouble in the passing game. I think Lynch could surprise. Uh, he's obviously a very good running back. Uh, he's a little bit past his prime. You know, playing for John Gruden, uh, I think he's sort of a Gruden-type guy, kind of hard-nosed, tough. Uh, so I think there is some upside with Lynch, but they obviously signed Doug Martin, which is worrisome. Doug Martin apparently is having a good uh, training camp and impressing there. So Lynch is under is uh, under fire a little bit in terms of his touches. Uh, he's not much of a pass catcher either, so he's looking at mostly, you know, the carries that, to get him by. Sony Michelle, you know, they used a first round draft pick on him. Uh, are they going to use him this year? That's the question. Got the knee injury, so he's going to be behind. He might be somebody that starts uh, to see the field more in the middle of the season, or if there's maybe an injury to Rex Burkhead or James White or uh, Mike Gillisley or Jeremy Hill or whoever <laughs> makes the team there. And then Royce Freeman, uh, Devontae Brooker is still ahead of Royce Freeman, but you would expect Freeman to overtake him at some point. Uh, uh, Booker hasn't shown a whole lot. Uh, other than some pretty good chops in the passing game. So, you know, you think you would, looking at their two skill sets, you'd think that Freeman would be the first, second down guy, and then uh, Booker would come in on third down. So you got another committee kind of going on there. Um, Nothing to get too excited about either. So if you just, you know, this is the last uh, tier we're going to discuss. So you can see how it kind of thins out pretty quickly. I, I would recommend getting at least one running back in the first two rounds this year. Uh, if you want to get two, you can, and if you want to use a, th- you know, get a third in the fifth round of Burkhead or, or Lamar Miller, you could, and there's enough depth at the receiver position to do that and still have a pretty nice receiving core. And we could talk about that uh, more next week, but that's sort of my approach uh, right now is to grab at least one running back in the, in the first two rounds and kind of go from there. Why don't we talk a little bit that, that, that what we did there kind of took us through your first, what top 33 running backs in PPR formats. By the way, check out John's rankings at 444.com. You can see a, a complete list there if you have a subscription. Again, uh, TMAP to get 10% off of any subscription at 444. That would include John's rankings. We'll give you that code again in a little bit. But I wanted to ask you your approach for the position in the later rounds of the draft. You talked about that the top going out and getting, getting two guys. What about later rounds? Are you locking up handcuffs? for your early round picks or are you drafting non-handcuff running backs that may benefit from an injury down the line? This is a question I feel like a lot of people, a lot of fantasy owners are conflicted about. Well, it sort of depends on the, who I've got as my early round picks. If I take Jarek McKinnon, 
Uh, Matt Breda is already one of my late round targets, so I have no problem uh, grabbing him because I think he's. I think Breda's got some weekly value as well. The same goes for Austin Eckler. These are two guys going pretty late, thirteenth, fourteenth round in, in fantasy drafts. So um, you, they're good values at that point anyway. So regardless of who you have on your roster, um, you're trying to grab them. So uh, as far as the handcuff goes, it depends on the quality of the handcuff. Uh, is he a really good player? Um, is the running game pretty strong without the starter? Uh, so, for example, Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas, they've got a great offensive line. Uh, and then, okay, so who's the handcuff? I think it's Rod Smith. Uh, he's going extremely late in draft, so he's one of my attrition plays. So I'll, I'll take him 16th, 17th round in some of these drafts. And then if Elliott goes down, I think I've got the RB1 in in Dallas because they you know they were playing Rod Smith over Alfred Morris last year. Uh, so those are the types of players uh, I'm looking for in the final round. Spencer Ware, Corey Clements going a little bit earlier than maybe attrition play worthy. Latavius Murray, TJ Yeldon, uh, LeGarrette Blunt, James Connors, another one with uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, kind of sitting out of preseason uh, due to the contract situation. But Connor has been impressing. Uh, if Bell goes out, then Connor, you would think, would get his most of his work. Um uh, so those are the types of guys I'm looking for late. And the two good names that really jump out to me in, in terms of the ADP is James Conner and Rod Smith because they're going so, so late. I like to grab them and then maybe you can hold on to them for a couple of weeks if you can afford it. And if, if you get any injury there, suddenly you've got a, an RB2, a fancy RB2 on your roster that uh, you, you nabbed in the 16th, 17th round. Uh, if you, again, want to check out all of John's rankings, 444.com, make sure you use our code, which is T-M-A-P. Think of the most accurate podcast. Just use the letters T-M-A-P to get 10% off any subscription at 444. Next week, we're going to be back. We'll do a deep dive just like we did for the running backs and quarterbacks at the wide receiver position. Don't forget, you can follow John on Twitter at 444 underscore John. If you'd like to follow me, you can at Anthony Stalter. We'll have uh, plenty more podcasts. And, I, John, I can't believe we got all the preseason games going on right now. We're recording on Thursday. Before you know it, the start of the regular season will be here. Yeah, let's just keep our fingers crossed there are any major injuries uh, before the, the regular season start. But we know we're going to have a few, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like a lot of teams do a, do a great job ushering out the the starters early, or like in Pittsburgh tonight. I think they're they're not even playing most of their starters, so teams are so hyper hyper uh, aware of injuries that um, hopefully we don't have any, like you just said. All right, that's it. That's all we have for today. Hope you join us next time. We'll talk about wide receivers on the most accurate podcast.